Welcome, 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 everybody. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Time Out with Shaq. We in season two, man. And tonight we got a special guest, you know what I'm saying, coming on today and stuff like that. You know, it's been a long time for, you know what I'm saying, this guy and stuff like that, you know. So been waiting for him to come on the show. So he's going to be here. Just want to shout out the Chill Spot, McDonough. Just want to shout y'all out. But yeah, it's been a long time coming for this guy to come on, man. He's well known in the community, you know, well traveled in the basketball community, former NBA veteran, you know what I'm saying, former overseas pro, you know what I'm saying? So we're gonna wait for him to come on in, you know what I mean? And when he come on in, we're gonna talk to him. So we're just gonna wait for him to come on in. Just going to wait for him to come on in, grab a spot on the panel. Just waiting for him to come in. What up, man? Okay, okay, okay. We got my guest on the show, finally, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, why, why, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, man? Um simple name Brooke sales you know i i grew up in this bloomfield connecticut area um as you know you know a couple people know but um went through the whole journey of basketball and now just trying to do my give back and and, and grow a program and grow a brand yeah nah definitely man it's an honor man like you know to have a guy of your stature on nah. the show man who's been well traveled you know what i'm saying and we're gonna dig in from where you was okay. to where you at now you know what i'm saying but first things first how are you you know your family whatever doing during this um pandemic time that we're going through i mean we've been pretty fortunate as a family mm -hmm. um um We've had some some people close to us. Like I've had some friends that have lost some some very mm -hmm. very very close family members. One mm -hmm. I always keep in mind is my boy Five Thirty Jamel Thomas. Yeah. A lot of y'all know him. Played at Providence. He lost his mother and his brother. Yes, yes. Um, and his mother was his rock. You know, if y'all don't know, <clears> before <throat> I get into myself, Jamel Thomas, he got a clothing line. Um, called Blueprint Basketball, and he wrote a book called uh, The Beautiful Struggle. But I wanted to shout him out first because he's always been a mentor to me in these last yeah, couple yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big male, big male. Yeah, been very trying for him. So salute yeah. to him as one of my Definitely. mentors in this game as a player. But, um, you know, my family's healthy. You know, a lot of people in this area know my grandmother. You know, she's 96, mm -hmm. 97 years old. You know, so nice. we watching her close and making yeah, sure she's healthy. Um, but everything else, man, I can't really complain. I've been kind of, a, a <clears throat> through it all a little bit blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very, very, very fortunate to be in the position I'm in at this time and, uh, just trying to build on it, do the right thing. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's a couple tidbits with you that you on the show. Cause one, I don't know if you know, but I had one of your family members on my show, couple weeks back uh her name's jessica allen from from new london okay you know, played okay. that played that pit 
You know okay. what I'm saying? She was on the show and she let into me that, you know, you guys are related and stuff. So I was like, wow, that was, you know, what I'm saying a, a, a fun fact for me. So, you know, then on top of that, you know, me and you, we got birthdays in February. Definitely. My, mine's is, you know, next week, yours is nine days later. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you yeah, know, and, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm on the fourth. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and like I said, we just going to dig into your story, man. Because like I said, I, I, you know, like I said, we grew up same high school class together. You know what I'm saying? I was at New London, class of 98. You was at Northwest. You know, we was in, you know, the Doc Hurley tournament at the same time right there at the Civic Center. We beat Manchester at the buzzer. You know what I'm saying? And I think you guys played right after that or whatever. Yeah. Um, so... Let's just start off start off with that, man. Just just tell us what it was like, you know what I'm saying, growing up and, you know, let everybody know where you grew wow. up at and, and, and what was it like? Well, first off, you know, I, I grew up in Bloomfield, um, mm -hmm. right outside the city limits. Um, had a family, worked real hard. A lot of people know my dad, well respected throughout the community. Um, a lot of people know my mother, very good job at raising two kids, but our childhood was, was, I mean, I, I don't think we can ask for anything more. You know, our, our, my dad moved us out of the, out of the, uh, Hartford when we were young into Bloomfield. Um, the school system did us great. You know, we had some great teachers, um, just to name out a few, you know, we had like Miss Robbins, we had, uh, Miss Rendock now, um, Miss Patiller, you know, um, uh, Robeson, you know, now you see guys that you grew up with also in the school system, like Dr. Ellis is mm -hmm. graduated from Bloomfield, but now he's the principal at Carmen A. Ray. So, um, Outside of that, like childhood was always competitive. You know, we grew up in like a baby boom era where we had a bunch of kids that were in the neighborhoods. We used to play every sport from basketball, football, baseball, um, karate. You know, our, our parents had us in everything. And when we were young, it really wasn't a choice. It, I mean, you had a choice of what you can do, but you were going to do something. Yeah. You know, my mom, my mom made it very clear that you're going to be involved in something. You're not going to just be coming home, sitting around the house. So I think that helps out a lot with helping kids find out what they're good at, what mm -hmm. their passions are. You really have to expose them to everything. But like growing up in Farmstead and Bloomfield, you know, we we competed. You know, you had some some very good talent. My sister came out of there. Dwight Freeney came out of there. Um, Jason Manson went to went to college to play football. Um, so it was just one of those situations. It was a community. It was an atmosphere where no matter what you wanted to do, you can get it done on any level you want. Yeah. And and Bloomfield, where I grew up, we were always respected. So, but we were talented. So anywhere you went to compete, at the end of all the, uh, oh, we tough and this and this. At the end of the day, it's, they come shake your hand and was like, yo, respect. You mm. came in here and did your thing. Mm. You know, so that 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 was. And then back there was always the competition, like town to town, city to city. It was always respect when it was the athletes, but you know. That other lifestyle, sometimes they mixed it up a little bit and yeah. you really backed up. Yeah, you backed yeah. up their beef on the court. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
So, you know, if Bloomfield and Windsor wasn't getting along, that that Bloomfield-Windsor game was a rivalry, you yeah, know? definitely. So, um, like you said, the Doc Hurleys, that was like your rival basketball time. And we used mm-hmm. to look forward to that. We loved it. We used to beg our coach to get us certain games. Like, we wanted you on, on you know, we wanted you front and center main yes, stage. Yes, definitely, definitely. We've been talking all year. Yep. Let's fill this crowd up. And and we walk away from this one like, hey, if you put in that work, you got bragging rights this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at, at being a Bloomfield resident, always having respect for Bloomfield, always going and watching their games with when my sister was up there with like Corey McKeith and playing Chris Simpkins, uh, uh, Dr. Ellis, who a lot of people know, knew back then as Lamont. Mm-hmm. Um um, Jossie and 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 Donald Harris, Antoine, my just and then being involved in the wreck with them. That's another thing where I have to give a lot of credit to my sister because her grind before me, I was able to sneak into that wreck when I was young. Mm. I was able to sneak into that wreck. <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't super. That was like eighth, ninth grade and over. I'm in there like in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Just watching, and then they finally let me on the court because you know you you play your part. You shut up, sit in the corner. Mm-hmm. When the ball go down the other end, you take your shot. They start looking like little buddy could shoot. <laughs> so everybody asked me like, "Yo, you tall? You a big dude? How you learn to shoot like that? Like playing against older kids?" I used to just find my spot in the corner, mm-hmm. and I became a real, real, real good, you know, corner three point shooter. But you know, life growing up is what you made. Yeah. You know, you you got to be willing to go out there and and, and get dirty and, and maybe mix it up and and make friends and, and travel the world. If you stay in your safe zone, mm-hmm. your safe zone is not really a, a true exposure to what the world has to offer. So it can get difficult. It, it, you can lose focus on what's really out there. Okay. So so when was the first time, like you said. I want to make this my job. Like, like this is what is is my job is going to be. It's going to take me to places I've never imagined. When was it at that moment you put that ball in your hand and said, "This is this is what I'm falling in love with. This is my job right here. This is what I want to take me to to uh, to places I never imagined." When when was that time? I, tell you the truth, it was probably so young for me. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like it was all we did. My best friend was a Celtics fan. Timmy Chapados okay. lived right across the street from me. He was a Celtics fan, and I was a Magic fan. And we had like the first starter jackets. <laughs> I used to run in the yeah. house to watch the game. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like I remember my mom going. You know, like, you know, when you're young, you can remember now, like, my mom's going, like, what's wrong with this boy? He's upset. Like, you know, like, (laughs) it was, it wasn't whether I was going to do it. It was just, I have to wait till I'm old enough to do it. Mm -hmm. I know this is what I'm about to do. Mm -hmm. And it was every day. It was every day. Like, these kids, like, nowadays, it's funny when, you know, there's so much to be seen on YouTube and and these and these platforms on where, like you see me sometimes on my posts. I might post no gimmicks. Mm-hmm. I don't have. I'm not about to jump through a fiery hoop for you to come work out. I did it. 
I'm done. Like I played college and been recruited by every school in America, except Georgetown. I mean, yeah, except Georgetown and Duke, really, because Duke had Carlos Boozer, Shane Battier. Georgetown had uh, Ruben Boomshe, Boomshe, uh, uh, Jalil Watkins. Yep, yep. You know, so <clears throat> knowing where you can go and play, like my last choices were like URI, crazy story. Lamar Odom was my host, so me and Al, me and Lo go back to high yeah, school. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. So. <laughs> You know, like if we was to really delve into that high school years of traveling and the things we mm -hmm. were that I was involved in, a lot of people will understand. Like, yo, his parents really let them go. Yeah. You know, like the first time I was on a plane, I was 13 years old, flying by myself out to Vegas Ooh. alone, and got caught in a hurricane. Wow. Had to land in Dulles. Leave the hotel, get a, I mean, leave the airport, get a hotel, come back in the morning and then meet Connecticut starters out in Vegas. Cause I played with the Connecticut heat and, 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 uh, North Carolina for nationals. That's how much we was going. Yeah, it was like the yeah. summertime, we was only home <clears throat> for four days. Mm, mm. So if it was that bad for me, imagine Keish. Keish was the number one player in the country. So that's what really turned me on to basketball, watching her drive, her hunger, her desire, and trying to keep up with her. Wanting to beat her made me good. Yeah. So what was that, you know what I'm saying? You say, like, being her, what was that light? Like, the... the it was the, wars the, in the, the house. The battles in the house. Like, you, 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 like, you know, go to sleep, or y'all, y'all sitting down at the, at the, at the kitchen table. She shoot it in the, in the basket. You like, hold on. Now. Well, I got everything you. was I'm, a competition. Yes. Yes. We used to race our bikes home from when the, <laughs> this is how bad it would get. We used to do Bloomfield pool, pool playground when we were younger mm -hmm. in Bloomfield. The afternoon program was at the junior high. We would race home to see who was going to be able to work the TV when we got home. Because whoever grabbed the remote first got to control the TV <laughs> until someone fell asleep. So, like, everything was a competition. You sit there, Nintendo. Basketball was the only thing that it was like, this is going to turn into a fight. This is going to turn like, yeah, mom got to separate us, put the ball down, come in the house, start leave. You know, my sister was four years older than me, but she was tough, but she taught me how to compete. She was, she still is relentless. Yeah. She's a winner. She's a winner. So, so where did you feel you honed your skills at? Was it playing parks and regs on the playground or did you feel like when you got to the AAU level, that's where you really, you know, honed your skills playing against that elite, elite competition? Because we get into that thing where people be like, well, you know, I, I, I got my skills by playing AAU. Some be like on the playgrounds. Like, where was that for you? Where you think you I honed think, your skills at? I think where I started to make my turn where we were all pretty everybody that was in my age, my age bracket was pretty much the same mm -hmm. all the way like sixth, seventh, mm -hmm. eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't make our I didn't make that the 
eighth grade travel team when I was in the seventh grade. Okay. A couple other people that I played with did or that were my age did. And I remember a couple of us, me, Dwight, like Kevin Adger, a few of us uh, played BYBL again. Okay. And that's when I was really able to see what I can really do without other people around me. And then when we went to eighth grade travel team on from then, it was, by the time I was a freshman in high school, I was destroying. Okay. okay. Like I was destroying the AAU circuit. I went to Northwest based off the structure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, what, that's what next I was going to get into. What was, what was your decision on going to, you know, Northwest versus, you know, Bloomfield and some of the other area schools and stuff like that? Well, back then, remember, like we didn't have the internet the way we have it now. So you didn't really know what else existed. What else? Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't get online and be like, Oh, St. Thomas Moore, Masters, uh -huh. Cheshire, you know, and, you really couldn't move around as much back yeah. then. Like you was really held to your district unless you went Catholic or private school or something. Uh -huh. But um, for me, just having an in-tune mother, you know, an in-tune mother paying attention to her, her, her seventh and eighth grade son and, and the moves he's starting to make, uh -huh. the decisions, the, 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 the lack of care in school, the, you know, coming home later, you know, mom showing up to the house or we had dinner and the doorbell ringing and it's like a couple girls in the driveway laughing and then giggling. My mom was like, nah, nah, this got to go. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but then um, I really was supposed to go to cathedral in the eighth grade. Mm. But I put up I put up one hell of a fight. <laughs> You know, I put up one <laughs> hell of a fight. I'm talking about, I went to the, like, man, are you, like, I was that kid, never. I'm going to Bloomfield. I'm going to, Blo I'm about to rep Bloomfield. That's all you thought about growing up, mm -hmm. was playing on that Bloomfield floor. Mm -hmm. Wait until they pull these bleachers out for us. <laughs> we was, couldn't wait. It's all you talked about, playing Weaver, playing Windsor, playing the pub. But we went to Northwest. I went to Northwest. Me, Aaron, met up with Jay Diaz, Kurt, Reese, you know, who I still consider one of the top point guards I ever played with, even professionally. Mm -hmm. Kurt is like a definite top five where it comes to mentality and hurt. Mm -hmm. Nah. Losing is not in Kurt's resume. You know, like he, he taught me that too. Like you didn't want to upset Kirk at Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> like even though I'm dominant, like he knew like eighteen and twelve for you, Brooks, ain't enough. Yeah. You know, like I'm getting, I'm out here in high school getting twenty five and twenty. Yeah. On a regular. You know, it didn't matter who I played. A lot of people be like, oh, you class in, you played like, man, whoever y'all put in front of us, Bloomfield, Wednesday, <clears throat> the pub, the pub beat us. I give Mooka, Nooney, Jay Ingram, Tucci, Talib, all them credit. They beat us first game. Now, 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 let me, not, not to cut you off, but let me get, ask you this. How do you feel, like you just said, when somebody say, oh, you doing this against class M, class this? Now, listen, I went to New London, you know, we got championship, championships galore. Now people say, oh, it's the competition. Is it 
is it the fault of that school? It, it goes by your class, like how many kids you got, you know, you know and what stuff I'm like that. About. You know what I'm saying? But people forget. Look at our non-conference schedule. We was playing some of them top teams out of non-conference. It, it, it's not our fault that we play the in-conference teams and they weak. But look at the non-conference. So this is schedule. what happens. You know what I'm saying? This is the thing. This is the thing. A lot of people don't understand. I didn't get recruited by all these schools because of what I did at Northwest. Mm -hmm. It's because of what I did on the AAU circuit. Yeah, and, and I try to tell people. Boo Williams, mm -hmm. Williams and Tom Kinchowski rating me a 4.5 plus. Mm. The highest you could get is a 5. Sometimes yeah. I'm a 5, sometimes I'm a 4.5 plus. Mm -hmm. I got recruited by a lot of these schools because, like I said, I played against Elton Brand. I played against Lamar Odom. Mm -hmm. I played against Tavares Bell. Yep, me, yep. I played against I played against DC Assault. Mm -hmm. I played against the Long Island Panthers, Riverside. Yes, Great yes, Boston. yes. Same, same so teams I played like, against. Same teams. Yeah, same so teams. it's like no matter if it was high school mm -hmm. or in the AAU circuit, when they started seeing me, it was like, yo, he can compete anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But now we'll go watch him in a high school controlled environment and see if he's coachable. Mm -hmm. that's what these kids and these trainers are losing. That's why I'm glad you decided to have a talk because now it's changed that, that the college coaches can come all basketball season and watch mm -hmm. when you're in high school. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they see you in your AAU circuit and your team and they watch your talent and the high level of competition and see how you match up physically, athletically. Yep, yep. Then hoping, as a if I'm a college coach, I'm hoping that the high school you play for has a respected coach who I know has a system, and now I'm going to watch if you're coaching. You, yep. I'm watching if you follow instructions. Mm -hmm. I'm watching if you can follow a play all the way through. I'm watching how you communicate with your teammates, how you warm up, how you run off the floor. Yeah, yeah. and see, win, and, and, and a lot move. of kids, they get caught up in that, and they think, oh, yo, I got 35 and 20, I'm getting recruited. No, going it goes by, listen, it, I tell them, it goes by if you coachable, if you miss that shot, do you just run off the floor and not shake nobody's hand? It's a lot of things that's intertwined and you making it to the next level. Then what then I want to ask you another point. Who fault is it when these kids don't know about the NCAA clearinghouse? Is it their fault? The guidance counselor fault? The AAU coaches' fault? Because nine out of ten times you ask a kid nowadays, you know what the NCAA clearinghouse, what is that? What is that? That's what you need to play college basketball. You don't have that. You're not stepping on the floor. You know, so who fault is that? Is it the kid not doing his research? Is it the guidance counselor not telling him? Is it the AAU coach not telling him? Like, who 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 fault is that ultimately, you think? Well, let's start here. It's never the kid's fault. You know, they're out here to learn. Mm -hmm. So right now, I would say if you're a, a coach, a trainer in the school and part of as an adult and part of any athletic development where kids want to get to the next level, mm -hmm. that's something you should take upon yourself to introduce to them. Yeah. So I, every time the NCAA rules and regulations come out of what they can and can't do, I post them on my mm -hmm. feed. 
I put them in my private group chat with my clients. Mm -hmm. If I have a kid, like, for example, Guy Raglan, mm -hmm. right? Found Guy on the bench at Hall. So, yo, I hope you out. Start working him out. He, his parents brought in, went the whole distance with me. Um, he had the choice between Columbia, Coppin State, and, and, and Central Connecticut as choices. He chose to go to Columbia. Right now, he's at St. Thomas mm -hmm. It's my job to tell him and his parents about the clearinghouse rules and what he needs to accomplish to get where he wants to get mm -hmm. to because they're paying me to do mm -hmm. that. They, they, they hired me as a trainer, so I need to make you guys aware of what his steps are. Mm. If I'm a little, some people are just like, oh, I train, I don't really, you yeah, know, don't whatever, get whatever. well into that, but you're, you're doing a disservice, you know what I'm saying? But you're paying. You're paying me to make sure I do my best for you as a trainer. Yes, yeah. The best I can do for you, you aren't aware of yet. That's why you're with me, because you know I've been through it. So there's things out there that as they come up, I'll make you aware of it uh, to when we need to start paying attention to it. But I don't need to bother a seventh grader with NCAA rule regulations right now. Mm. I need to teach you how to play hard, mm -hmm. listen, mm -hmm. and, and work your fundamentals. Yep. If I'm talking to a seventh or eighth grader about NCAA clearinghouse rules and regulations right now, I'm making him think he's better than he is. Yeah, okay. So now his focus is like, my coach already think I'm nice. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you really have to be <clears throat> cautious about the way you step into the game with these kids and their parents, because every parent wants their kid to get a scholarship. Mm. But not every kid, not every kid's parent is willing to do what it takes. Mm. Gotcha. And and right now, like all these different programs and all these different AAU spots for kids to go, it's great gesture, mm -hmm. but it's hurting the reason why they exist uh -uh. and and i don't know if i'm like all oh, the old head that they people would say oh you hating because all i know is when when i was back in the day and we played aau you were like junior olympics yes yes if you were on the aau team you were nice yes and then back in the day you only had two to three a YouTube in the state in the state now you got the whole state. maybe 500 600 a YouTube when i played and then you have the AU teams for, you know charging you this amount of money and you not get to nothing out of it you know what i'm saying like it's crazy it's mind-boggling it, it, it happened for me it's like i try to speak real like i say some people as the internet hit and they realized how easy it was to register yep. an aau uh -huh. program it now becomes a residual and yeah becomes a summer hustle yeah i could make three to four thousand dollars per and day. you're not teaching the kids because my thing is this what to me what makes a person a good coach is you're dealing with the kid during the season you're dealing with the kid after the season. You're dealing with the kid before the season. Some of these guys only deal with them during the season. Don't talk to them after the season, before the season, check into them. And now I'm like, but you was his coat. Like it, it's just, it's just strange to me, man. So like I've probably been up here, I've probably been up here training kids for like five, six mm -hmm. years. 
and they they begged me to do an AAU program. Yeah. Last year, I was going to finally start one and keep it low. Yep. The reason I never started one is because, honestly, you ain't good enough to be on one. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. You know, yep. like, why Why am I going to start an AAU program and I see the talent that's in front of me yeah. and I know what you got to compete yes, against? Yes, yes, I'd be doing you it's a service. disservice. Yeah, I'd be exposing you rather than telling you, yo, you're not ready yet. Develop this year and a half and by the time but, you were a, a freshman or sophomore, join your AAU But you program. get the parents who feel they kid is all world and this and that and don't really understand the the drive, the will, and what it takes. You know what I'm saying? And this is coming from a person who has lived it, been through it, done it, and knows what it takes versus they want to go to somebody that hasn't been through it and just because they have an AAU, okay, my son can play with you, good. You know what I'm saying? And then now the kid yeah, is also like, involved. Like they ask a lot of people ask, well, what tournaments are you playing on? That that that's the number one thing I hate when a are kid when, it, a when a kid asks me that or a parent asks me that. What tournaments are you going to? Like it, the only person, the only person that I know in Connecticut right now that I can say off rip that I would be like, all right, I would tell this kid what team I was playing on is the Gittins kid. He about the only one that I can think of off the top of my head where if he came to me and was like, yo, I want to play with you, but what tournaments are you playing? And I would be like, yo, we going to Vegas. We going to 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 to, to uh, Peach Jam. We going to go down to, you know, he would be a part yeah. of that. Anybody else, I'd be like, man, you got to try out. <laughs> yep, yep. You got to try out. <clears throat> okay. I'm not coming to you to ask you to play with me. We're going to do tryouts and you can try out. Now – you had, you know, one of the probably one of the most memorable, you know, state championship games. I mean, 31 and 26. That's 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 like that's 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 Shaq numbers, Wilk Chamberlain numbers. Uh, you say a young Dwight Howard numbers like these are numbers they putting up. You did that in a state championship game. What was going through your mind, you know? During the game, did you know you had these accolades coming, or was you just in a zone locked in? I knew going out of that. I knew, I knew. I'll never forget walking through that door, and it was so uh -huh. bright. And I remember getting this chill, and all I said, I, I was like, "Somebody is in for it tonight." Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And from that moment, the, the game's a blur. Like, I couldn't tell you no specific plays uh -huh. or anything that happened. I just remember, <clears throat> I remember Coach Mirabella looked at me because we had lost two in a row. Mm -hmm. Now, we had lost to Earl Johnson, mm -hmm. Trinity yep, Catholic, yep, yep, my sophomore yep. year by, by three or four. And then we were up on Sacred Heart my junior year by like three or four with like a minute and a half and a course of events took place and we lost to Ronnell Blizzard and Boo Roundtree. Mm -hmm. So my senior year, like I, I looked at coach, coach looked at me, he said, do whatever you got to do. Just go get it done. And that was coach Marabella's first chip. Mm. 
Like it was just different. It was different. I I wasn't taking no for an answer. The stands was <clears> packed. <throat> mm-hmm. Villanova had came all the way down to watch. So it was. I mean, that that game was crazy. Then you go on to be three time All State player, Connecticut Dream selection, Gatorade Player of the Year, putting up fourteen hundred points. I mean, I mean, had an amazing career. I mean. You had all these schools, you know, recruiting you. And um, what was the decision in selecting Villanova? Well, my my recruiting process was a little different because once mine picked up to a certain Uh point, like I said, I had an in-tune mother. Once my recruiting picked up to a certain point, my mom knew her son's going to school for free as long as the grades stay Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But we had just went through this with my sister. Mm -hmm. So you got to think, yo, for eight years, our phone now has been ringing. Nah. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Like, if back then it wasn't like, you know, if you were on the phone... It wasn't no click over. We talking 92, 94, 93 with Kish. So I was already on the phone with Gino and 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 and, uh Pat Summit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the one that I'm on the phone. They're like, oh yeah, you you know. So I already knew what was coming. But in the middle of my recruiting period, my mom changed our house number. I remember being upset. She was like, they they know they'll find you. And sure enough, they find you. But it was something we were already prepared for. So we kind of, um, I knew I wanted to play in the Big East. Yeah. That's what made it a little bit easier for me. I knew I always wanted to play in the Big East. Growing up, my favorite team was Syracuse, Lawrence mm-hmm. Bowman. You know, um, always respected UConn, like Tate George and, and Ray and all them. But um, <clears throat> it really wasn't anything crazy in my recruiting process because we were already prepared for what was going to be said yeah. and what was going to be done and offered. But you get a couple crazy offers that you got to decline. Like the stuff that they say is true. People offer you things to make certain oh, decisions. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just got to be smart about it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth the career. Now, it, it, it's crazy to me, you know, because like I said, when I bring people on, you know, I, I do my homework. You know what I'm saying? I do my homework. And it's crazy because I go back to UConn. You got an in, in, in-state school here. And when you hear, basically this goes on the men's side. Not not the women. Women, they usually get a lot of Connecticut. But then I'm looking in state school. And where's all the Connecticut guys? First, it started off with my cousin Tyson Wheeler. Got picked over that. Then, you know what I'm saying? We got the Ryan Gomes situation. But it just seems like everybody that does not pick a Connecticut player, that person comes back to Connecticut and puts up numbers on them. And now they going through the mind. You had fourteen and twelve against UConn. Like was and this like was sense. that like a, a a statement? Like, hey, listen, I'm about to get y'all something because y'all didn't select had, me. Like, I had twenty four. I had twenty four tickets. The whole hood came out. Like, I gave them to all the boys. The whole hood. They came out, and we came in the Civic Center. It was an ugly game, but we beat UConn. 
And then they came to the first union my senior year. They beat us, but I gave them like another 23 and 14 or something now, like that. Now, do you feel <laughs> that us Connecticut kids get a bad rap? Because you got Central, you got um, U-Heart, you got UConn, you know, Sager Heart. You got all these Connecticut schools. But then just in, you know, Hartford alone, you got U-Heart right down the road. And they're recruiting guys from Portland, Oregon, and Michigan. Well, like, it, but you have talent this is right it. here in your backyard. Like, but it goes down to is that talent coachable? Mm, mm, okay. Like, you got John Gallagher at UHart who just signed an extension on his <clears> deal. <throat> mm -hmm. He doesn't want to take his program backwards to teach you how to pass mm, the ball. Mm. You know, so it's like Villanova, for example. Obviously, it's a top-tier program, mm -hmm. but before Villanova will even recruit you, we got to look at you as a culture guy yeah. anyway. In order for us to know if you a culture guy, we got to see the way you hustle on yep, the court. Yep, yep. If you don't dive and don't take charges, you'll never play for mm. Villanova. If you're a guard and can't knock out threes, you'll never play for Villanova. If you're not an athletic big that can block the shots and run the floor and play uh, and play a, a, a screen switch on the guard and guard a guard, you ain't playing at those type of schools. So regardless of what everybody around you thinks your talent mm -hmm. level is, some schools just don't want to deal with that. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to deal with the extra baggage that come along with you not that good. Mm -hmm. You Like, I tell kids in my program that come through, you could be the best player in Connecticut and not go D1. Yes, yes, yes. Like, what makes you think this is the top tier level <clears throat> of basketball where you – I could have been Gatorade State Player of the Year and not gone D1. Now, with that being said, I, I tell guys, and, and guys think this is something wrong when I, when I tell them this. Now, you – being who you are and stuff like that, you could tell me if it's wrong. I tell a kid, it's nothing wrong with playing either Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. And so I break it down to them. Division One, first off, ironically, if you look at it, is not our type of game. It's not because it's set plays. It's 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 things that you have to use your mind. Division Two is similar to that. But Division Three is the type of game that we like to play, that up-and-down game. That's why you see the scores is like 130 to 125 and 150 to 112. So I tell them, it, it doesn't matter. Then if you look at the history of the NBA, half of the 50, 50 greatest players, some of them never played Division One basketball. So it's, it's, it's not doing you a disservice if you go Division Three or whatever. Obviously, it's our, it's, it's our thing. We want to play for free. We want to go for free. That's that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, you know? this is the thing. This is the thing about it. When you you can get your partial scholarships to your full ride, but D three don't give. Ath I mean, athletic yeah. Scholarships. And that, and that's the thing where they look at it like, oh, it ain't for free. This and that. But if you're an academic <laughs> kid, you still gonna get some money. Listen, <laughs> I tell like just think like this. Just think how. Just think what you said. That's what you as a program director have to deal with the mm -hmm. kid. A kid coming to you asking you, is it free? Yeah. Go get your mother and father and let me tell them it costs. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I talking yeah. to you as, as a kid? Like, where do you get 
Get on the line and run for mm -hmm. even acting like an adult. Yeah, and then you. some of these kids aren't even prepared for the D1 because if you look at the history, half of the guys from Connecticut that go Division One is transferring by their sophomore year to a Division You're three what I'm or saying. a junior college. You know, they, they, because they're when not ready out, for that Division One life. When I came out D1, and you think about who we had, Will yes, Solomon yep. went to Clinton. For me, Will was the best in my era yeah. to come out of Hartford, the, the greater Hartford area. Will Solomon, Clemson, um, um, Edmund Saunders, yep. UConn, um, um, Rashmel Jones, mm -hmm. UConn, um, Earl Johnson, mm -hmm. Rutgers, um, even Keon Smith, he went to... He went to um, University yeah. of Hartford, but he had Colorado <clears throat> and West Coast schools. He just didn't want to mm -hmm. leave home. He had a bunch of D1 mm -hmm. offers. All, ten people on my on my AAU team went D1. Prince, Virginia, UConn, Villanova, U-Hart, um, Quinnipiac, um, Seton Hall. It, it, you know, like everywhere you play, like this is where I'm saying AAU is so different. Yeah. Like the AAU teams, we even the Connecticut Heat. Uh, Tippy Vincent went to URI. Mm -hmm. Yes, Tip Tip was a problem. He was a problem. Yeah, Tip was on my team. You <laughs> he know, was like a we played with John Kabachka went to. I mean, Bill Romano went to Quinnipiac, and and I knew the AAU scene was different when my team, you know, that I was on, you know. Connecticut Hoopsters. I mean, we had Aju Dang. We had, um, yeah. you, you know, my coach's son, Darren Bright. Like, we had a, a squad on there, and we went and we played um, Kips Bay. They had Andre Barrett on that team. I was like, yo, this yeah. is different. Then we go play Riverside Church and the guys they had on there. Then when we played the Long Island Panthers, I mean, they had El Amin, T. Bell, Odom, all them dudes was on that team. And I'm like, yo, this is different. We were this is all different. we were all supposed to be a package deal to URI. Yeah, it, 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 me, it crazy. me, Tippy, and Tavares Bell was supposed to go to URI and and rock with LO. So they made LO my host, uh -huh. and we ran around URI acting a mm -hmm. fool. And that's what made me. Th I told LO before I left. I said I can't come here and mess with yeah. you, man. I know you going to the yeah. Room. Yep. Yep. I've been in Aquinas gym where seven NBA teams called when mm -hmm. we was playing pickup and he was waving them mm -hmm. off. Chicago. Nah, yo, we hooping. And I'm guarding them. I'm like, yo, how is this dude? I would have been diving on the phone. So it was like everybody has a recruiting or everybody has a college experience mm -hmm. that's different. But what I'm saying, there's some elite stuff that goes on. And if you ain't being recruited yeah. a certain way, you don't go nowhere making demands. Yes. Yeah. Like me as a senior playing for a team, they were like, you know, back then it was Brooks. If you play with us, Adidas said they'll sponsor mm -hmm. us. Brooks, if you play with us, Nike said they'll sponsor us. And then the the the, the thing with me, and this is what I tell a kid when I sit them down when they trying to talk about college. What I tell them and their parents: one, you say you want to go to Duke. Okay, you're not a McDonald's All American. You're not Mr. Basketball in your city. So, one, if you do go to Duke, you're sitting your first year. Second year comes up, 
they're recruiting another dude just like you who was a McDonald's All-American, who was a Mr. Basketball. Now you may get a little bit of minutes. Now two years is gone. Your third year, you might be on your way out. So now three years pass of you not doing nothing, you know, at Duke where you could have said, okay, let me go to Mammoth or Central uh, a little mid-major school and and make a name right. for myself. Yeah, I may not be on TV a lot, but I'm still at a Division One school. I'm playing. I made a mark for myself, and now I'm I'm I, I'm going to be going overseas or having a pro career after versus sitting three years at a Duke just to say, hey, I was on Duke, and that takes me back to like AAU when kids choose an AAU team. Oh, I want to go play for that sponsor team. Okay, you can go play, but you're sitting on the bench just because, hey, exactly. I got a uniform. I'm part of this AAU team. Exactly. They go for the I'm going to go to this other AAU team where I'm playing. We still playing the same type of competition. And you know, man. like you got to think when I went to Villanova, like Tim Thomas was right in yeah, front yeah. of me. I yeah. was going yep. anyway, but then he decided to yep. leave. And I came in there and battled for a starting position five yep. games into the season. I took a starting position from somebody. Yeah. It's all about, but I used to get flack from everybody mm -hmm. home because they knew offensively what I used to do mm -hmm. here. They like Brooks. Why you like? I'm on the court as a freshman for 22 to 25 minutes because I'm rebounding and playing defense. If I come out here and put up 10 shots, coach taking me out. That's why all them people sitting over there on the bench they can't adapt to a role. So me, I can score, but I can also defend yeah. and rebound. Now you at you know Villanova putting up same about same numbers as you did in high school over a thousand points, 800 plus rebounds, winning accolades. Then the NBA drafts come 2002. You know, what, 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 that was, what, what was that like for you? You know, with that draft and the draft class that was in there, you know, because I looked at some of the names and I'm like, it was are, you, are, are you serious? Some of the names that was in there. I mean, when you go from maybe the first, to maybe like the first 25, 26, you're like, okay. But then when you get down, you like, wow, like this guy over me, like what was your, your mindset going through that whole thing and playing in the Portsmouth and doing your thing in the Portsmouth Invitational and then now draft day comes and you waiting for your name to get called. What was it like in that, in that moment? I mean, I kind of had a, a, a good idea that, you know, because of the way our season ended, we ended a bubble team. We didn't make the, the tournament. Okay. So when you're in college and you're fighting for that NBA or you want that NBA spot, taking your team into the tournament's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I had some great workouts. I worked out with Houston. I worked out with uh, the Sixers, um, um, Memphis. Uh, New York, like I probably had about seven, eight, nine workouts. Uh, Milwaukee, Ray Allen came to my workout in Milwaukee. Okay, you know, sat there and and the, and 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 then you go through that, not getting drafted, but then come September thirtieth, two thousand four, you get a. Well, I had an opportunity to get drafted. Okay, 
So what happened was the Celtics called in the second round and they wanted to take me late in the second round. Okay. But my agent, which would have been, now that I look back on it, now that I look back on it, it would have been probably the smart decision to make for down the road. Yeah. But because my agent the year before had Marquise Daniels, who yep. went undrafted, got picked up, and was able to sign a big contract in his second year. Yep, yep. Um, but we decided to go as an un, uh, uh, a free agent and 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 mix around in the in the summer league. Mm-hmm. So I went with Memphis Grizzlies in the summer league and had a good outing with Drew Gooden. Remember, yep, Drew yep, Gooden Drew got drafted. Kansas. Yep. yep, yep. So me and Drew was out there. You know, had a good running. Um, but then I got a good contract from overseas. Mm. You know, that's the thing. By the time you pay that taxes on that contract in the States, you make some money overseas that's tax-free. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. A lot, a lot of people don't understand that. Like, you can go overseas and be a rock star. You you got tax-free There's some money. people that the NBA... Yeah. There, there's some people that the NBA want that won't go to the NBA because... Like, I don't want to throw nobody business out there, but, you know, Will Solomon made some tickets over in Turkey. Yeah. I mean, you got Aaron ja- Jackson over there. Right Aaron off. Jackson. Jared you know? Jordan. My cousin Tyson was over there. Like, you yeah. listen, listen. When I heard that it's tax-free money, they give you your house, and they give you a car in your contract. Like, you can't beat that. That's already in my contract. I don't got to go buy one. I don't got to buy a car. I don't got to buy a house for the season. And they pay for your baggage to come That's what I'm saying. And it's tax-free money, which you taking that back to the state. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you take it back. If you take it back. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when people say, oh, overseas is nothing. I'm like, listen, man, hey. And these guys still have opportunities in the NBA, too. It, it go. It's it's kind of a, a funny thing because everybody wants to hear their name be called. Yeah, yep, but once you yep. put in the work and you know yep. what you've done, you 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 just kind of play it the way it falls. Yeah. You don't hold your head. You don't mm-hmm. do nothing like. And then I circled back around and had my opportunity to be on the on the Rockets mm-hmm. for the preseason and started the season and mm-hmm. stuff. And it was it was an experience. I got to play with Yao Ming, yes. Tracy McGrady, yes. Juwan Howard, yep. Jim Jack, like those. Like Jawan Howard and Jim Jackson, still my old heads. <laughs> like I still talk. To yep, them. yep. Like Jim Jackson will leave the announcing booth and come across the arena and say what up to me when he see me at Madison wow. Square Garden. That's that's love. Like, that's love. Yeah, like I could text Jawan and be like, "Yo, I had a question about this," or "Yo, tell the family I said what's up," or "Yo, you on this side? Leave me a tip." You know, Merry Christmas. That's what's you know, that's like. What's up. So you you know it's like you you get your experience, but I wouldn't take my basketball experience away like being in Italy, France. Yeah, like I mean I to travel the world. The world. I mean, I've been around the world fifteen. Times. I mean, and see and see those things. I mean, if we thought about the way we think now, thought about that back in the day, man. Listen, I say, man, I'm going overseas, man. <laughs> like to travel well, that's the world, what it ended up being. You, you know, then playing in the NBA. Yeah, I'm going to these cities. These are regular cities I go to, but to go over here, eat this type of food, understand languages, like man, that's 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 life. You know, it, it cut, like I would always tell kids though. You know, pursue your dream. Mm-hmm. Even if you like overseas, if the goal as a kid was to play in the NBA, get there, do it, mm-hmm. achieve that dream. 
if you get there and you don't like the business side of it and you can make a good living elsewhere, then go ahead. Because remember, yo, the NBA is a multi-billion dollar yes. business and it ain't for everybody it's not awful yeah it's not you know these guys they think like the young kids think okay they just playing no these guys gotta go nah. through rookie training you gotta take classes you have to sit film. in there watch film you know what i'm saying like it, it's a job like it's just not going on the court playing tests. ball you gotta you constantly get in your body poked mm -hmm. and prodded and looked at and 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 sleep here and rest there and eat this and don't eat mm -hmm. that and wait. It's like you got all this money and you doing all this, but don't don't leave your hotel. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a business side of it, or they paying you all this money and you went out there like you could have 16 and 10. It's not good enough. Yeah, it's not. It's not because they you know, know so that you're capable of getting 25 and 21, you know? And exactly. Like so it the, the state side money is more secure. The overseas lifestyle can be yes. fun. If you're winning and playing good, mm -hmm. you won't have any problems. But I had like a situation in Istanbul one time. Uh -huh but ended up getting it rectified. You know, I had a bulldog of a, of an agent. Yeah. Like, he wasn't like Glenn Schwartzman's salute. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And, and that's the thing, too. You got to get the right people, you know, because yeah. you don't want to have the right people that's in there for the wrong right. reasons because then you'll be on the outside looking in while they are looking good, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that, you know? And it, it, it's so it's so funny that people always like, yo, when you're dealing with money, go find you a Jewish attorney, go get you a Jewish agent. Because in, in hindsight of it, like, if you really follow the stereotype of what it is, like, they're going to protect their mm -hmm. money. If you formulate your contract with them, they'll have to protect your money along yep, with their yep, money. Yep, yep. So if they're not getting their cut of their agent fee or something happened, that's tied into your money. So it's like you gotta get you gotta get somebody out there that knows the game, that's respected, that has connections. It's the other thing I was gonna say about these AAU programs. Mm -hmm. You want somebody in your program that has a connection to that coaching life of the NCAA yes, life. Yes. That can just pick up the phone and like, yo, what's up? Yo, I got this kid you need My to check out. Yes. If you don't have that in your AAU program, you got talent. Yeah. And, 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 and this is what I tell programs. When they say, okay, I'm going to go to this program and play for this guy. My first thing I say to them, what's their resume? It's like, what you yeah. mean? What's their resume? First of all, what's their resume as a player? Where have they gone? What's their resume? Exactly. Who has they sent anywhere? I don't care if it's Division One, Two, Three, but where have they sent players? Has they players graduated? Has they players Relation. went on? If they don't have a resume, but you just want to go there because it's free, is this, is that, whatever, and you're gonna be lost. No gimmicks. That's why I say no gimmicks. You know, like you can easily make something appealing to the eyesight to attract mm -hmm. attention. The whole goal behind AAU is to expose athletes yeah. to better their athletic yeah career. and i tell a guy if, if if i can send you if, if i'm sending you somewhere i want to send you somewhere where they can do something for you and put you in a situation that i can't do myself so if you if, if i send you yeah. to that team because what they're going to vegas and they're playing against this team i could do the same thing 
You just going over there because, okay, you got the gear, you got the exposure, you got the patch on your arm. You know, I, I get it. I get it. They put you in that position in front of them big-time coaches. I, I'm not the hater where I'm not going to send you. But if I send you and you're sitting down, what is that doing for me? Yeah, I never, I never, like, that's why I stayed out of mm-hmm. AAU. So I didn't want to disrupt or add any more confusion to what was going yeah. on. So, you know, like, for example, Team 10, NE6, um, CT Express, some of the kids off of GHPA, um, I'll train them and send them back to your AAU program better than they left. You know, like, it's off-season, Shaq taking a rest or, you know, whatever, whatever he month off. His kids are going to come train in Brooksales basketball, but they're going to go back and play for his made hoops or whatever he got going on. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to stay out of it that way, but what ends up happening is the kids that are getting cut that they don't want mm-hmm. and they need help now are the kids that are good. Now you're taking my clientele from me. You're not sending no more. You know, so now it's like me... Myself, the court, and Lou Rowe have decided that this year we're just going to do a full-on. Yeah, and I saw that. Congrats, man. Lou Rowe was a a dog at UMass. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why we linked. That's why we linked up. It was one of those things where it makes sense. He has a very good program in Mass. I got a, a nice little buzz here. We both got some good kids. Our teams came down to. It was funny because they never had practice. We never had a practice. It was just development kids. I threw together to play in the fall. And both of our teams are in the championship against each other. So we've decided to combine those two teams and um, kind of make an elite program that trickles down platinum, gold, silver, bronze. And now, you know, through all your travels and everything – also seeing that, you know, you became a part of the, you know, All Heart Academy and stuff like that. Now, what's your take on, you know, the prep versus the public? Is it really, you know, prep is more better than public or are they on the same level, so to speak? Or what's your take on that? I would I would say it depends on what is watched in your in our in our neck of the woods. Like obviously there's certain public schools that have a good name. Like you can get good talent out of mm-hmm. Windsor. You can get good talent out of Weaver to Pub. It's just about the structure of it. Is it presentable? Mm-hmm. Are the kids eligible all year? The one thing about the the prep schools and, and post grads are they do a good job of promoting. Mm-hmm their kids and creating an environment for fans that want to come see mm-hmm. them. Like their facilities are nice. What we're doing with our all heart. So um, Brooksales basketball also has a contract with my Atlanta partner, Jimmy Baxter. Mm-hmm. And um, we have our all hearts athletic program going on down there, which deals in AAU and development, but we also have an all heart prep. Okay which is really a post-grad school. So kids that have graduated Mm -hmm. high school, you basically have a two-year gap. Mm -hmm. So you can graduate high school, take a year off completely, and then do a post-grad year. You do your school, you do your basketball. 
So because of this COVID situation, what we did with our post-grad kids in the South is we were like, get your school out the way. Everything's on. Get that out the way. So this upcoming year, all they have to do is play. Okay. Because if you take, you can, you know, there's rules about how many classes you could take before your NCAA eligibility Mm -hmm, stuff. mm -hmm. So you got to go part-time. But since they canceled everything, school didn't cancel. Get those credits, take your SAT prep, retake the test, whatever. Now, Mm -hmm. this upcoming season, when it's time to play, you don't got to go to school. Okay. You you. already in academically. So with the COVID and everything, we've decided to bring all hearts up here, too. So we're going to do all hearts north and south. Okay. I kind of spoke with the city. Well, city of Hartford about um, some facility access and they're down as long as you know this COVID thing you know kind of diminishes by the time August September I mean yeah September and stuff rolls around okay and so so how would that you know what I'm saying run and, and and stuff like that and the requirements to get into the to the school and and everything and stuff like that well, it'll be just like anything else. Like we, you know, we register like this year, the team I had down there or the team we have down in Atlanta was going to actually come up here this year. Okay. We were going to play McDuffie. We were going to play Notre Dame, West Haven, Cheshire, okay. um, Commonwealth Academy. Okay. And then my boy, Tim Thomas has a new post-grad prep school that he started in in okay. jersey okay and then we would have went back down to atlanta we would have played in the img tournament down in florida okay. and then did nationals in south carolina copy copy okay so my network up here i've already had coaches that would have came and watched the games with tyson Wheeler at umass Dwayne woodward at seton hall Remember Baker Dunleavy, who's mm-hmm. a Villanova graduate, is at Quinnipiac. Yep. Um, we had John Linehan, who was at Proud. University Proud. of Hartford, yep. now that is at uh, at Georgia. Mm-hmm. I got uh, uh, Joe Kravinoff from Wisconsin. You know, okay. like, it goes on and on and on. Of That's just a quick call. Yo, 40, come see the game. Tyson, I'm playing Commonwealth. Yo, I got this kid. Come check us out. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to say. So it's not like bragging, but with the COVID, it's kind of like instead of having kids travel all around the world, uh-huh. there's going to be so many kids that need it. Yeah, yeah. That I want to create something local here and something local there that can benefit and we can kind of keep the kids in an area where we can always get to the IMG tournament from up here if we want mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. But let's get these kids on the team and expose them to some coaches and get them in the system. So that's what we're working on now, just finalizing all heart north. Okay. And okay. they're going to throw out a date for some tryouts. Um, you know, I've got a call from a couple of the uh, East Catholic players um some of the windsor kids northwest kids new britain you know it's it's, it's some kids that are interested oh, definitely i mean that'll that'll be big you know you know and stuff like that you know and then you know what what gets a lot of kids away from it too is you know you get these prep schools that's like thousands and thousands thousands of dollars you know what i'm saying and it's like 
you know. So. I mean, when when you're at one of those like a a, a school that has property and multiple sports, mm-hmm. the difference with ours is we're only dealing with post grad. Okay. So our school will only be our players for right now. Mm-hmm. That way we keep a hold of. We don't need the ninth and tenth graders. So. We've kind of got some approval that they'll let us use Weaver's new facility, Parker Memorial, some of the other local facilities. We also got somebody in Springfield that kind of wants me to bring it there. But um, it's just all about what's going to be the best environment for the kid. Mm-hmm. But our our school will be in the range this year of anywhere from probably like 10 to 12,000, 10 to 13. Okay. So – as far as your travel budget, you know, doing everything you got to do. So and, as opposed and, to some of these schools being 25, 30,000. And now would it be a, you know, thing as far as, you know, housing, things of that nature and stuff like that? Well, right now, yes. Normally we would have all that. But the reason we're doing a north and south is we kind of want our players to commute. Okay. From home. Okay, so they're going from home. COVID, the COVID got you. Got you. Got you. So if I got kids that are within, remember, you're out of school. Yeah. It's not like you got an eight o'clock class. You got yeah, your yeah, class yeah. might not start till 1030. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Practice may not be till 830 at night. We might have 6 a.m. lifting and shooting. But then you off for the day to get your work done, yep, yep. have a part time job. Got you. Got you. And then you would come back at like 8.30 or 8 to 9.30 and we'd get in our sets. But we plan on, once the season starts, we want to be playing every two, three days. Yeah, yeah, yep. You know, the point is to expose, to get you exposed, not sit in the gym all day practicing. Got you. So we'll we'll get a schedule probably where, you know, if it clears up, we'll probably have anywhere from like 20-something to 30 games on our schedule. Okay. Playing every two, three days. Hey man, that 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 sounds good, man. I mean, we need things like that, you know, because we hear a lot of people, you know, talk about they want to do this, they want to do that, but then you know, they don't actually. Y'all see, you know, y'all do it. see it come around. The all heart brand, all definitely, heart definitely, band. definitely. Well, you already know. Home games, you need that announcer. You know who the best announcer well, that's is what I'm saying. in the like, land I'm right slowly, now, you know? <laughs> I'm going to slowly reach out to everybody. Like, I'm going to reach out to Kendall May Sr. I'm going to reach yep. out to Reggie. Yep. You know, like, I would always want to make sure the environment for the kids that are involved in the school yeah. is right for them. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do to expose these kids and not just trying to ride the new wave of, oh, yo, this, nah, like, I got to do this right. We got to do this right, right, right. Because this is longevity. This is somewhere where you can build a relationship with these local schools where it's like, yo, you got somebody on the cusp. They can come and join this organization. Okay. And we have a network across the country of p- p- somebody that might like that. Okay. A um, couple more things before we wrap it up. Um, I would just want to touch on, you know, the, the political stuff that's been going on, you know what I'm saying, and everything. I know you a guy that, you know, and that is stuff. What is your take, first off, 
on the new presidency and the injustice thing that's going on, the stuff that happened with the, you know, invasion of the Capitol and, you know, how they, you know, don't really focus on that, but they focus on things that we do. What's your take on some of those events that's been going on in the world? I mean, I think the more we see it, you know, for some people, it frustrates them. Mm -hmm. For some people, you know, they get sad. Others get motivated. Yeah. Other people put that that anger or that whatever into work or action to try to overcome that. I think the only thing we got to think here is. I think we had a president in the past that chose not to speak correctly to citizens. Yep, like He yep. made it cool to, to be rude. Uh huh. You know, call people assholes and jerk, you know, and, you know, it was kind of like there was a level of respect and humanity lost. Yeah. What Biden, um, I feel like the first couple years would be, you know, sweeping up the floor, you know, just like when Obama took over from Bush, it was like, y'all blaming Obama for things that happened under the Bush administration, y'all blaming, um, Trump for things that might have fell short in the Obama administration, and it's just going to keep happening. So right now, my advice would, or, or my look at it would just be the best person you can be. Like, mm -hmm. There's always that thing deep down inside every human where no matter if you can say it or not, you know whether it's right or wrong. You know, you know what you're doing if it's right or wrong. And that's where we say, you know, at, at, at Villanova, Coach Wright always says, you know, be legit. Like, when he first came in, he was like, be legit. Like, and now, you know, it grew into, like, attitude. But be legit. Be a legit human being. Stand on your word. There's some things that's going to fall short. Let's not be jerks. Let's not treat each other with ill will. Let's not take out our civil rights liberal law, how it was written, of I can say anything as literal. Because, like, what most people would tell you, man, for every action, there's a reaction. Yeah. You might think you can say that to me. I might have the bail money, though, homie. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, it might be worth the 40000 that you sue me for. It might be worth it, you know? So you also have to watch out, like, what people's intentions are now. And I think we're in that, that baiting era mm. where it's like, I'm going to do something with my phone out so you'll react and then I'll sue you. Mm. And it and it and it's 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 messed up, but yo, be the best person you can be. You know, stand on your morals. Um, you know, try to understand what is trying to be said or implemented before we just so outright no, 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 mm -hmm. no, no. Um but really it's out of our hands. Vote local. Yeah, definitely. The best thing you could do is vote local right now. If you feel like you don't have the power and the words to change the bigger picture, change your home, change your, your local mayors, your, your 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 governors, you know, your state representatives, you know, the people that are on your education board or make the decisions in your town and then have them start to voice your opinions as a small town or a small city to your governor of your state. Yeah and enforce changes, whether that be in a police force or not. And the one thing I must say about Connecticut, though, like I've had my run-in with the police. 
I don't know if I'm gonna get assassinated for saying this. Hey man. But the, the Connecticut cops haven't been too off with me. You know, like when they show up or if they come around, I could kind of be like, I understand why they're here. You know, but I've never been mistreated by Connecticut cops, but I have been mistreated by cops. Yeah, I've that's why when that George Floyd thing happened, it was so emotional for me. It yeah. brought back so many, so much, so much fear mm-hmm. because I remember being in that position yeah. and feeling like I couldn't breathe, mm-hmm. but also feeling defenseless. Like I can't even put my hands down or they're going to do more. Yeah. So you kind of like, yeah, it's a scary thing. But the cameras now are saving us, but we can't take it too far. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, we can't use it to bait, you know, but we have to watch our our, our citizens' backs when it comes to bad policing. Definitely, definitely. And then the police need to police the police. Definitely. So, you know, like I said, it's been great, you know, conversating. I got to do this. I do this with all my guests on here, no matter, you know, what sport they from. But I need you. You had the chance. Uh, to pick that ultimate player, I need you to pick five guys. They could be NBA, college, guys you grew up with, you know what I'm saying? I need you to pick five players and take one thing from them to make that ultimate player. I'll keep it local. I'll give the respect to the local. Okay, okay. Hey, listen, man, speak it. People people that I, I respect around this way. Um. I'm taking Will Solomon's arm length to pick that crossover okay. and his crossover. I'm take Tony Feliciano's rebounding okay. ability. Um, I'm taking Kurt Reese's leadership and determination to win. Okay. Um, who else is out there? Let me That's think. Two Let more. Two line. more. I'm taking Tyson Willer's point guard ability, court, court vision. Okay, and last. Um, can I can I put me in? I mean, you can put you, your sister. I mean, put anybody, you know. Um, you know, just to make that ultimate player. When it's all said and done, this player going to step on the court and kill. Victor Maldonado's three-point shot. Wow, Okay. Nobody had a ratchet like me. Okay, that's five legit players locally, man. So I got my three. Mm-hmm. I got I got my three ball specialist, Vic, and he was tall. Yep. I got Tony Feliciano's quickness around the basket of snagging the rebound. Yep. He used to torment me in the eighth grade <laughs> with rebounding. Um, I got Tyson Willard basically running the point. Uh-huh. I got Kurt Reese's heart. And who else Will Solomon, his as long athleticism, his wingspan yes. to pick it over and cross over. <clears throat> okay, man, and and um, in part, and what what advice do you have for the student athletes that's coming back to the court? You know, to play in their season. You know, what I'm saying and stuff like that. What what advice and stuff can you give to these guys who are preparing to step on the hardwood this coming um and um next week actually. I would tell them if you haven't been doing it through the pandemic, the extra, you know, being in shape training, 
You're going to be left behind. Like the people that are taking advantage of this downtime to get stronger, get faster, mm -hmm. and, and staying in shape are going to be the elite ones going through the summer because you don't just get in shape that easy. Mm -hmm. You know, so once it starts, you might have some good kids that should have made teams that get cut. Um, but I would just tell people to be prepared for anything. You know, and 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 honestly, they're the ones that know better than mm -hmm. us because they're the ones experiencing it. Like I say, if this was me, my junior and senior year, oh man, we we would have burned something yeah. down. Yo, it would have been a riot. Mm -hmm. No doubt. We are not, you are not taking our basketball season from us. We'll play it on our own. Mm -hmm. Like there would have been no way that would have happened. So it's like, I also take my hats off to the kids that are handling this maturely and still going yep. to school yep. and still yep. behaving the right way. My number one fear with it was kids going a little astray and getting involved mm -hmm. in things they don't need to be getting yep. into and maybe dealing with some childhood pregnancies yeah. here and, you know, just lack of focus. But I would just tell them, like you said, you know, stay focused, um, be prepared for anything. And if, if you're working out the right way, you know, when it opens up, you'll be ready. Definitely, man. Once again, man, like I said, man, it's an honor for you to come on Time Out with Shaq, tell your story, man. And at the end of the day, man, when it's all said and done, man, you know, when they speak of Connecticut basketball, man, Brooksells definitely – Gotta be mentioned in that category, man. You know, what I'm they saying? don't like the mention. They got to. Man. I mean, you know, you did a lot. Nah, you know, what I'm saying giving like back at to the, the end community. Of the day, Shaq, you know, that's that's what it's all about, man. And you know, I salute, man. I appreciate it. I I I appreciate the respect I get, and and the other stuff is like, you know, we still growing, we still getting better. But now I'm on to another phase of trying to, you know, create a brand sure. and create an opportunity for these kids. So. I respect the people that love me. I thank the naysayers yes, sir. Yes, sir. because they motivate me, and we, and we just keep it pushing. Yes, sir. And once again, everybody that tuned in to watch this, once again, you want to see the recap of this, you can see it on Get Vocal. You can see it on my YouTube page, or you can see it on my Facebook page. And once again, be on the lookout for the All Heart Academy North coming in the fall. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got any questions to that? Hit up my man, Brooke Sales, Brooke Sales Basketball. You know what I'm saying? And once again, we'll see y'all next Sunday, 6 p.m. with another special guest. And we out. Appreciate yes, you, uh, man. Send me this link or it's always it's always it's, it's always gonna be on here. You subscribe, so it's always on here, but um I'll download it, everything like that, so you can get a hold of it. But it's always on here though. I appreciate All right. yes, you, sir. Man. Good luck. Thank you. Peace. Right, peace.